or tape, CDs, DVDs to our publication, Voices from His Excellent Glory, Declaring the Kingdom, write P.O. Box 21516, Hot Springs, Arkansas, zip 71903. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are hundreds of free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. Thursday evening, November the 26th, 1998. Thanksgiving weekend teaching and deliverance camp meeting being held at Lake Hamilton Bible Campgrounds, Hot Springs National Park, Arkansas. If this tape for any reason should be defective, please explain and return for replacement. Yeah, have not I told you that I would send my mighty angels that stand before my presence, saith the Lord? Yea, that will do great things for my people and for my church in this hour. But yea, I say unto thee, trust not only in my holy angels, saith the Lord, but trust in the power of my Holy Spirit that is within you. And even as I send holy angels to do great work, I will have you from my presence to go forward, saith the Lord. And with the power that I have given in you, I will use you as my messengers. I will use my mighty angels in these days, but I will use you as my messengers to go forth to carry my word and my message in this hour, saith the Lord. Well, I'm going to give the rest of the evening to Donnie Morris and his dear wife that was singing up here. Sometimes she sings before, but I don't know what this evening. But uh, uh, Trish and Donnie Morris, we've met many long years ago. They've been here to camp meeting before. And uh, they're, uh, they have a church over in Florence, South Carolina, uh, Praise Tabernacle. And they have a camp meeting like this once a year. And in our magazine, in days to come, you'll see an announcement of it. And if you live anywhere in that vicinity, uh, come and attend camp meeting. And if you live in that vicinity, come to church. And uh, Donnie is a preaching preacher. And I'm going to let him come up there and lay it on us. It's good to be here. I tell you, I appreciate the goodness of the Lord. God is doing some great things in the land today, and I'm glad that He's using us. Uh, I tell you, my heart is. Uh, just racing uh, with the things of the Lord uh, the last few weeks and months. And uh, if you turn with me into your Bibles, we'll just get right into this. Uh, we'll go over to the third chapter of St. John, if you'll go there with me. And uh, there are some some things that the Lord has given unto us. And uh, we're in such a time that, uh, that God's people needs to be aware of what all God is doing. Amen. There are some things that uh, God has determined in his counsel and in his life and onto the church and to the body of Christ. And I feel like so often that God's people are, are looking away 
Uh, you know, the Bible says Abraham looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. And uh, we find in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, when uh, the Apostle John described the setting of the... He said, come in, I'll show you the bride. I'll show you the Lamb's wife. And he said, he carried me away into the Spirit, to a great high mountain. And he showed me that great city. And one of the identities of the city was that it had 12 foundations. Now, I said that because it's kind of like it's kind of like what Abraham looked to see. He looked he looked to the day of the reality of of the Messiah, the Shallow, the Jesus. And when Jesus handpicked the twelve apostles, Judas being numbered with them, and Matthias taking his place uh, in the bishopric. We find that, we find what Abraham had so longed to see. He confessed that he was a pilgrim and a stranger. He confessed that he was a sojourner. Amen. But he said, I, but he, but he looked for a city that had foundations. And really what he was looking to, he was looking to Jesus. But it seems like among the religious ranks, I don't include or exclude any of us. We are where we are. I'm not picking on the church down the street or, or someone across the country. Amen. Just let the chips fall where they will. It's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. But what Abraham looked to see, what he looked to, he was actually looking to Jesus. But it seems like in the religious world, whether we be there or not, it's what Abraham looked to, he looked to Jesus, but it seems like the church is looking to something else. They're looking for another day. They're looking for some advent or event somewhere else. I, don't, I, I can't comprehend why we would need to look somewhere else. And, and it's like it's it's like we're saying this isn't good enough. It, it, it's like we're saying uh, we need something newer than the new. Now, Amen. I heard the songs tonight and the testimonies and the expressions, and nothing could be more true than than the new wine. But but it is what the new wine came. Amen. The new wine has been here, and it's still new. It's new every morning. Hallelujah. But, but you know, religion has deceived us, and, and, and it, has, it has carried many away with the expectations. There's a lot of people who sit in church today or wherever uh, their order is, and they're so displeased, and they're out of, they're out of pocket with, with what God's doing. God stir our hearts. What Abraham, what Abraham looked for, we've had almost 2,000 years. You see, it's kind of like this. 
Abraham, if Abraham had runners and they relayed themselves uh, for three or four thousand years to the time that in Bethlehem in the manger, Amen. Hallelujah. The prophet that Moses said that God was ra- that God would raise up like unto him. Amen. That when he cried in that manger, Amen. Uh, Abraham's that would have been Abraham's last runner. Hallelujah. But but now it seems like we're sending out runners, and we don't have anything to run with. Well, run. In other words, we're running away from now what Abraham was running to. Amen. We we want to run. We, my Lord, we're running away from it. Don't even know it. Well, I don't know if you're getting this or not. Amen. But in the in the third chapter of John and verse eight, Jesus makes a statement. He says, "The wind bloweth where it listeth." Amen. That word "listeth" in the Greek. It's translated that the wind is blowing where it is determined. The wind of God blows where it is determined to blow. Now, Ezekiel described this in the first chapter of Ezekiel. He he described the wind and he called it a whirlwind. And he said it came out of the north. And it was a fire that enfolded itself. Amen. And and out of that came forth four living creatures. Ah, my Lord. Amen. I say I can't begin to touch this tonight. Amen. I just wanna I just wanna express and leave some a few things with you tonight. But but what I'm what I'd like to share with you, if you turn over to the uh book of Acts with me for a moment. And into the uh uh the second chapter of Acts. My Lord, hallelujah, we, we see Jesus, praise God. We see, we see the Lord Jesus Christ, my, what a wonderful Lord that He is, praise God, amen. And, and in the second chapter of Acts, we see here in verse 23, verse 22, it says, You men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Look at verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel. You've got to understand, the wind blows where it's determined. And it was, it was the determinate counsel of God. Hallelujah. It was the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God. Amen. I have to go to Ezekiel chapter 1. If you'll go there with me just for a moment. Amen. It, it was the determinate counsel of God. Amen. You know, Ezekiel's with all the rest of the, of the Israelites during the 70 years of Babylonian captivity. And, and Ezekiel among with some others, they, amen, they were just victims of the judgment of God. Amen. It wasn't all of Israel that, that had sinned and missed God. Amen. Sure, there was a lot of them that had hung their hearts upon the willows, but the heavens was open to men, amen, uh, unto uh, men like Ezekiel and, uh, and Daniel and different ones of the Hebrews, amen. Uh, they were just there because they were victims of judgment. 
Well, let me tell you something. We're victims tonight of some things that's fixing to happen. Amen. It's not. Amen. Hallelujah to God. I had a man call me here just a while back, tried to give me a week's vacation down at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. One of the growing, this, probably one of the greatest growing sodomite places uh, in the country right now. And, and they called me up and said, hey, says Mr. Marsh, you have won a uh, four-day, four-night stay down at the resort here in Myrtle Beach. I said, I'm not interested. He says, why? I said, because you're under judgment. All these hurricanes, that's the purpose for them. It's the judgments of God, and it's upon the coastland. And, and it's moving inland, and, 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 uh, and boy, this blowed him away. And his first statement to me was this. He says, you're under the same judgment then. And you know what? He thought he was going to get a fight out of me. And I said, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Now, they're doing everything they can to get the casinos and everything else in there right now. Thank God for Zebulun who dwells by the sea. Thank God. Thank God for what God is doing. But let me tell you something. We are victims. Ezekiel was a victim of God's judgment. And while everybody else had their hearts hung upon the willow trees, the heavens was open. He was by the river Kibar where the rest of them was. But the heavens of God was open unto him. I'm telling you, we might be in judgment, we might be under judgment, but there's a sovereign move of God in judgment, amen, that is keeping God's people, amen, in the land, keeping us safe, keeping us whole, keeping us well, keeping us full of God. Hallelujah. Because we're not looking to another day. Amen. We are looking into that that He already has supplied and that that He has furnished already. You are in bad shape tonight if you're looking for God to do something that His finished work has already done. Hallelujah. And I, I, I feel that so many of God's people, and I know this sounds terrible, but, but I feel like everybody who's looking to something else, you're actually running away from what God has already done. Abraham looked for a city. That city was fulfilled in the New Testament church. We are the New Testament church. We've been the New Testament church since Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Jesus told those twelve disciples, He said, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And people got that stuck out yonder. Didn't say you. But the religious world just, just wants to dangle. It's kind of like going fishing. Just want to dangle a lure in front of us just to get us to bite in something else. My God, let's eat the whole corn of the land and be satisfied. He satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry heart with good things. And no good thing will He withhold from them who walk up rightly. Are we not walking up rightly? Then let us not look to another. Let's look unto Him who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He that's begun a good work in us, He will complete it. He will perform it unto the day of the Lord. I thought this thing has not got old. It has not run out. It's new every morning. Hallelujah. Abraham looked for a city. That was his day. 
And that was fulfilled with the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Now hold your place in Ezekiel and let me read it. Revelation 21. Hallelujah. We'll try to get through this, some of this, into some of this. I read from Revelation chapter 21, verse 9. There came unto me one of the seven angels who had seven vials full of the last plagues and talked with me, saying, Come here. I'll show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. That's pretty clear. He carried me away in the Spirit. Why? Because I'm going to show you the bride. I'm going to show you the Lamb's wife. Okay. Keep your word now. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city. Well, what is the city? It's the bride. It's the Lamb's wife. Come on, my Lord. Amen. He says, I'm going to show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Is that what he said? Come here, I will show you. Is that what your Bible says? And he carried me away in the... You've got to get in the Spirit to know what I'm talking about. You, we can't have a... You can't have a religious heart and follow this. Let me tell you, religion blinded us. Religion plundered us. Religion spoiled us. I'm telling you, it has. It, it has always caused us to look somewhere else except unto Him who is holy and righteous and lovely altogether. He said, come here, I want to show you the bride. I'll show you the Lamb's wife. And he carried me, oh, I got carried away in the Spirit. Woo, hallelujah. And I got carried to a high place in the Spirit. And he showed me, he showed me, he showed me the bride. He showed me the Lamb's wife. The Lamb's wife and the bride is the city. Now, I've got a question for you. How many of you in here tonight conf- uh, well, would confess that you're the bride? Will you confess you're the Lamb's wife? Then you have to admit then you are the city of God. I ain't looking for one out Sunday. I'm telling you, you, I'm looking at it. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't put this thing together. It's like that in the book. Hello? I didn't call you the city because I'm trying to make you believe something. He said, come here, I'll show you the bride. Come here, I'll show you the lamb. Why? So I did. And he, he pulled out his photo book. And he showed me, he said, look at her. Woo! Look at her. I'm looking for the bride. I'm looking for the land wife. And he said, look at her. She's the city. I say religion. How religion? Yeah, religion. Religion will ruin you in a heartbeat. That's what had done all them Hebrews down there by the river Kibar. They required of them a song. <laughs> we can't even look our hearts hung on the willow tree. 
So I said, where did willow trees grow? Beside water. They done filled up that place with so many tears. Gloom, despair, and agony on them. But they was one by the river Chebar that the heavens were open. Hallelujah. And he saw visions of God. And he was a victim of the judgment that the whole nation was under. But it didn't bother him. My God, we got Y2K we staring at. It's all going to hinge upon where your heart is. My God, hallelujah. Brother Miller, this thing's done got bigger in this building. Because there's four beasts. There's four living creatures. And there's four cherubim. In the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation. My Lord, have mercy. And everything they do, there's 20 and 4 seats with elders sitting in it, which is the priesthood. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. And that was a sea of glass. That is clear, that is clear as crystal. Hallelujah. It is transparent. You can see in it. You can see through it. It is a people who has nothing to hide. Hallelujah. You can look into their life. Praise God forever. And the purpose for them four living creatures. And they kept the entertainment out. I need two months. I need two months right now. If I only say another word, I need two months to teach. <laughs> and don't jump up and run out here now, because I'm not going to work. I'm not going to cram two months in tonight. I'm not, look, I'm not looking to something else. I'm looking right in here. I'm looking within. I'm looking within the cooperate body of Christ. And everything them four beasts done, them 24 elders followed. Well, bless your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that truth? Somebody says, what truth is that? i got to read. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God. Let me drop down here to read this scripture to you. Verse 14. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations. Now let's read a little bit more. And in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Is that how your Bible reads? Now I've got a question for you. Is the twelve apostles of the Lamb in your eye, in my eye, is the twelve apostles to the Lamb, is that our futuristic view or is that a past view? It is a past view. Who picked them twelve? Jesus. When did they live? When 
Oh, they live when the... Oh, my Lord, have mercy. They live when the eternal Spirit of God became flesh. And, and for 30 years, he was silent, except for the expression that the Scripture gives when he was 12. But when he was 30 years old, John the Baptist baptized him in the Jordan River, and the heavens was opened. And, oh, my Lord, and a dove descended and lit upon his shoulder, and a voice out of the excellent glory and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased. And for, for the next three and a half years, that man picked him twelve men, called them disciples and apostles. So here, hey, here's the city. And the walls of this city is set on foundations. Now you got it. Back up here to Hebrews 11. Let's look at the word. Hebrews 11. I'll get back over to Ezekiel if I get a chance. But I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 8. I'm in Hebrews 11, 8. By faith who? All right, let's go to verse 10. For he who, Abraham, he looked for a city which had, had, which had foundation or foundation, whose builder and maker is God. It was Jesus who handpicked every one of them. He built every one of them. Hear me, glory to God. That's what Abraham was looking to. I can see now on his tiptoes, because out of the loins of Abraham, oh hallelujah, out of the loins of David comes Jesus, the son of Abraham and the son of David. And he said before Abraham was, I am. He picked him twelve, called them disciples, then he called them apostles. You know what Abraham was doing? He was looking to that day. And here's the religious world, they're looking for another day. And we got our back turned on the new covenant because we're looking for we're looking for a pie in the sky. Yeah. And just right behind me with my doctrine out here, right behind me is what Abraham was looking. Could it be that I've turned my back on what the patriarch longed to see? I'm serious. Quiet, but maybe you're listening. I hope I ain't made nobody mad or turned nobody off. I didn't drive 900 miles to do that. There's some things that God determined. The wind bloweth where it's determined. And that was a determinate counsel of God. Let me tell you something. God determined some things that already is in the now that ain't even dawned on the religious world. The wind of God blows. The Spirit of God. It's been rich in this place tonight in worship. It's still here in teaching. It's still here in teaching. It's still here. It's still here. God determines some things. And we need to be just as determined. 
We see in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4, Ezekiel said he looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, and a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof, as the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. And out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this was their appearance. They had the, they had the likeness of a man. Everyone had four faces. Everyone had four wings. Their feet were straight feet. The sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. They had the hands of a man under their wings, on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went. They went every man, every one straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, they four had the face of a man. That's Luke, the son of man. They had the face of a lion, which is Matthew, the king, represents the kingdom of God on the right side. They four had the face of an ox. That's Mark. That's the ox, the servant, that treads out the corn. He's the servant. And they four also had the face of the eagle. That was John, the son of God, he who flies in the heavens. This was the living creature. You see, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John lies right in the middle of the old covenant and the new. There's a wheel within a wheel. There's a wing. There's something that's got to get him here. And the New Testament doesn't begin until the last chapter of every one of these four Gospels or thereabout the last chapter when he's hung on Calvary. Because before a testament can be enforced, there has to be the death of a tester. And all Jesus was trying to do and all that he did do, he was showing us his coming. I'll come like a king. I'll come like a servant. I'll come like an eagle. I'll come like a man. The Word was made flesh. And when the Word was made flesh in John 1.14, the whirlwind had revealed itself. And it came out of the north, which is Zion, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. That's where it came out of, the city of Bethlehem of Judea, out of the city of David, which was Zion, came Christ the Lord. And when he came, in the manner that he came, you're talking about a whirlwind, but it worked both ways. It brought great devastation, but it brought great joy. I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God began to move, and Gabriel moved upon Mary, and the realm of the living oracle of God began to speak to this virgin and upset all of her wedding plans. Man, I tell you, that's something you don't do is mess up getting in the middle of a wedding now. <laughs> but God moved. Don't surprise me if God don't upset a lot of our plans. Hey, I just hope we just tough enough to, to accept the upset. Well, let me tell you something. This is what Jesus looked at. When he looked at them Jews that day and those Pharisees and Sadducees, he says, you've made the Word of God of none effect by holding to your traditions. Could that be the same way today? I just hope we got enough grit about us. I just hope there's some salt inside of us not to let religion rob us no more. Herod said to the wise men, when you go see him, you bring me word again. I want to worship him too. And I said, what about the whirlwind, Brother Donnie? I'll tell you, it came in Ramah, Rachel and her children. Because Herod had every baby, male baby, from two years old back, had them killed. Because they seen that he was mocked. And I said, what happened that day, Brother Donnie? The whirlwind came. 
Jesus said, Think not that I came to bring peace. He says, I came not to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And I said, What does that mean to make some decisions and commitments in life? The Word of God is sharp and quicker than any, than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the intents of the heart. See, there's commitments and decisions that we make in life according to the revelation of the knowledge of God's Word in our life. We don't say we'll do anything. We say the Lord will. And it's the will of the knowledge of God in our life. I don't know. Yeah, the whirlwind came. It came to the place when he rode into a city on a donkey and they, they put palm leaves down in the street and throwed their clothes down. Amen. I'm telling you, a whirlwind came and they worshipped God. They were astonished. They were amazed and they wondered. They wondered that the deaf could hear, the blind could see, and the dead was raised. Now, what a wonder. What a whirlwind. Somebody say glory to God. And on the day of Pentecost, there was a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Somebody say that was determined when the day of Pentecost was fully. I'm telling you, the wind blows where it's determined. And God determined. You see, man needed, man needed blood to, to atone and, and to remiss sin. And God who is a spirit, are you listening to me? God who is a spirit, there's no blood in a spirit. Somebody said you can't get blood out of a turnip. You can't get blood out of a spirit. So God who was the eternal spirit. Hear me. God who is eternal spirit. Paul says in the book of Timothy that God was manifested in the flesh. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. And God, who is eternal spirit, whew, Lord have mercy, amen, moved upon a virgin who he highly favored. And the power of the highest, somebody say eternal spirit, overshadowed that woman. And she conceived of the Holy Ghost. And the Word was made flesh. And flesh has blood. And the eternal spirit became flesh for 33 and a half years to atone and remiss sin. And they killed him. His blood was shed. And then, 40 days after the resurrection, he ascends back into the heavens. And Paul says, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Know we him no more after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The eternal Spirit came and offered blood. And the blood brought in a new covenant. We've had this new covenant almost 2,000 years. Are you hearing me? We've had it for 2,000 years and people still looking for something better than the blood of the covenant? Help me, please. What more could we want when the eternal spirit became man? Man became God in the flesh. God died at Calvary. That's horrible to think that God died. He died in the form of Jesus. 
Emmanuel, God is with you. You talk about a whirlwind. Yeah, I say he was he was a real whirlwind. He he made he he made he made widows happy when he raised their kids from the dead. And he made the highest priest mad. Amen. Hallelujah. When he told them he was the father. My God. He was a whirlwind to both divisions. Hallelujah. Said, oh, we just like that soft move of the spirit. You can't have it that way all the time. Jesus is a whirlwind. Jesus is a whirlwind. He just sets himself in some determined places sometimes. Could it be that you're here right now tonight and God's determining some things right in your spirit while you're sitting right here tonight? There could be some directions and determinate counsel for your life. Well, I sure hope so. I'm, uh, where are we at here? You look in verse 4, I'll throw this in. He says, in the midst, that was the color of amber. Now, amber is a reddish brown or dark orange yellow. And it takes four colors to produce amber. Have you ever had a real hot fire in your fireplace? And 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 you you look in there, and I mean the coals is right, the fire's right. You got the right kind of wood in there, and, and and you just look in there occasionally, and you see you see a fire, but you see you see some different colors just come and go and flicker. Woo! Hallelujah! There's four colors that it takes to make amber. The red is brown. Number one, it takes red. Yellow, green, and blue to get the amber. And if I might offer some interpretations here, the blood, the red is the blood. Jesus says, this is the blood in my New Testament. And that's what he was doing. He was the whirlwind. he come out of the city of David. Hallelujah. He is the great cloud. Amen. There's a brightness and there's a fire enfolding it, which means it just keeps catching itself back, enfolding itself. Fire that enfolds itself is a fire you can't put out. I heard my brother say in the night when he was singing, he said, they say this new wine's over, but it keeps enfolding itself. Huh? It took red, which is the new covenant. It takes yellow, which is the sun, S-U-N, S-O-N, either way you want to spell it, which speaks of light and illumination and revelation. You can't hear what I'm saying now unless you just get in the Spirit with this. And the Spirit of revelation fall upon your inner ears. But when Jesus come out of Ezekiel, He's that living creature. He's the man, He's the ox, He's the eagle, He's the lion. He's Matthew, Mark, He's Luke, and He's John. And the purpose, and he's ever served people who got saved. He said, well, I, I told them to start reading in the Gospels. Thank you so much. And that's wonderful. Because that's what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was. They were the wheel that was bringing him forth to show himself to us. He wanted us to see the lion. He wanted us to read Matthew. He wanted us to see the king in the kingdom. He wanted to show us the man, Luke, the great physician. Somebody hear me. Woo! Dr. Jesus, Luke the doctor. Somebody say glory to God. He was sent for men. Hallelujah. The face of the man, my God. 
And Luke showed him. Also, he bears the characteristics of the ox, of the calf. He's Mark. He's the servant. Jesus said the Son of Man came not to be ministered to. He came to minister. They didn't have a thing for him, but he had everything for them. He was Mark. He's the ox. And when you read Ezekiel chapter 10, the ox is removed and there's a cherub in the place. That's because Jesus has been offered at Calvary. He's the ox. He's the calf. He was crucified. He becomes the anointed cherub to the body of Christ. He's the head and we are the body. We're God. Hallelujah. And then he's the face of the eagle. Look up there in a cloud in the sky. And on the mountain of transfiguration, the cloud that came through and came over. My God, what a glory it was. And John leaned on his breast. And John says, Jesus said this in the third chapter of John. He says, no man hath ascended. Well, my Lord, let's read it. Boy, if you want one that's just plumb standing flat-footed, look at this one. St. John 3.13. If John ain't got it right with the heavens. I tell you, I heard the eagle song one time written about a bunch of chickens. And that eagle says, boy, I can't peck around here with you chickens no longer. Praise God, that's about all I know of. But I'll tell you right now, it's against his nature. Now, chicken's all right in his nature. <laughs> but an eagle just ain't a chicken. Amen? And a chicken ain't an eagle. Look at verse 13 of John 3. Take this that comes from St. John's Gospel. Look at this. And Jesus says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven. Y'all see that? But he that came down from where? Heaven. Now look flat-footed on the earth. Look what he says. Even the Son of Man which is where? My Lord have mercy. Standing flat-footed on the earth and says he's in heaven. We can be just flat rear-ended in these chairs right here tonight. But according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, this is what Paul says. Paul says, He hath made us to sit together with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You might be sitting right in here, but we're sitting in the Spirit in a high, lofty place. And when you get there, you see the city, you see the bride, you see the land life, you see the city of God. You are the eagle. You're in the heavens. Hallelujah. And you don't mind serving when you get there. You don't mind ruling and reigning when you get there. You just don't mind being the man down the street or the woman down the street who's going to pray and make intercession. See people healed and delivered. He's Luke. He's the Son of Man. He's the doctor. Well, turn to Matthew. Well, I've been all over. Matthew chapter 26, verse 29. I'm telling you, folks, he's the amber. He was the amber coming out of the four Gospels. He was the red. He was the yellow. He was the green. What is green? Life. John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. Huh? Four colors to make amber. Red, yellow, green, and blue. Blue is the heavens. Green is life. Yellow is illumination and revelation is light. And red is the New Testament. He come with the amber. 
And that's what Abraham was looking for. Hear me! That's what Abraham was looking for! And the baton quit. Ain't a relay race no more. 4,000 years is over. But now the religious world's got a false baton and they've turned their back on. I've never seen so many discouraged people that are supposed to be Christians in my life. That's in the church world. You think there was never had been a New Testament. And people live like in the church as though the New Testament never was good enough. It's not sufficient. And they turned their back on the life. Here, most, most of the religious world has turned their back on the covenant that God made with the church and with humanity through Jesus. And, 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 and the religious world just looking for something out here. Won't it be wonderful there? Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly up. Hey, now I see people in here smiling and laughing. I see some not even with a stretch at all. And I can identify with all of them. I hope you can know my heart. And you might not can because some of you, I don't know a lot of you. Most of y'all don't know. The whole majority of y'all I don't know. So therefore I understand you wouldn't know me. And that might put us on questionable ground. And I understand that. If you have any doubts about what's coming out of my mouth, that's your prerogative. And I'm not offended, and I hope I haven't offended you because I did not come to hurt you. I will not hurt you. You belong to God. Jesus died for you as much as He did for me. I'm not against. I'm not against nobody's doctrine or philosophy. I'm just here speaking from the Scriptures. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I don't have an axe to grind for nobody. I'm just here. I'm just here. I'm just here. They asked John, says, "Who are you? Were you Jeremiah?" He said, "I'm just a voice. Just a voice. It really ain't no big deal who I am." I'm just, I'm just a voice. Just a voice. No, I'm not a bishop. I'm not an apostle. About as good as you can get, I'm a pastor. I've done it for 22 years. I guess that would qualify me. That's the only title that I know that I can really say without... I've been there too long not to call me one. I, I, I tend to folk. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 26, verse 29. I wish I had time for a Bible lesson right here. Uh, you see me looking too, don't you? Uh, praise the Lord. Verse 29, Jesus said, I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it, what? New with you in my Father's where? Now, there's 16 hints. I can't give it to you tonight, can I? 16 is a lot. But you put this in your notes if you're taking notes. In Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 20 through verse 29, there's 16 hints of who he's talking to. And he ain't talking to you and me. A lot of problems that people have with the Scriptures is they think everything that's written in that Bible speaks to us in the 20th century, 21st century. 
we have, we have to understand a lot of times where Jesus was speaking from and to who he was talking to. I'll give you, I'll give you, see, here's, here's what the traditionalists has done and the, and the religious order has done. They took, you see verse 29, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom? Y'all see that? Y'all see that? Until that day? And here's what the religious theologians have done. They took this scripture and they put it out yonder. But my brother done said it too well tonight that this is the new wine of the kingdom. But but a lot of your religious orders, they got it hung out yonder on a star somewhere. Because he says, I won't drink it with you until that day that I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. They think that's out yonder somewhere in the eons of time. After a rapture, and we're going to go to be with the Lord and be with Him until this tribulation's over with. And, uh, and after all this is over with, we're going to have a camp meeting. And then He's going to drink it new when the kingdom comes. Honey, the kingdom's been here for 2,000 years. But you know what the church has done? Turned its back on it. And they got a religious baton out here, and we're running, and actually we're running away from what God's already done. Abraham, Abraham was looking to it because of where he was from. But we're supposed to be looking back at it. Isaiah said it like this, By his stripes ye are healed. He's looking to Calvary. Peter was over here at the other hand, and Peter's looking back at Calvary and says, By his stripes ye were healed. Let me tell you, until that day was four days later, at the match. If he's three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and he tells Mary, don't you touch me, for I have not yet ascended, but you go tell, you go tell my brethren that I'm going to my God and your God, and I'll see you again. Don't you touch me. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, you place her, I'll go, to, I'll go to John. My Lord. 20th chapter of John. I'm just sticking a post where I can, folks. I'm, telling you, I'm talking about something that was determined. Are you hearing me? The wind, the wind, the wind. If you're getting this tonight, you know why you're getting it? It's because the wind bloweth where it was determined tonight into your spirit. And if you ain't getting this, that's okay. It's all right. Because before you get up in the morning or tomorrow, you just might be able to share a revelation with me. That was determined for me. But we're going to get, hear me, every one of us is going to get what God has determined for us. But he says, hey, I won't drink. Now, I'm, I'm, there's 16 hints there. But let me just tell you who he was talking to. He was talking to the 12 disciples. He was talking to the twelve apostles. And there's 16 hints that he nails down that he was talking to them, not you and me. He was telling them. He was telling them, I won't drink, I won't drink the fruit of this vine until I drink it with you. You who? Us? No, them. There's 16 hints. They're more than hints. They're concluded answers. That he was not talking to you and I or some future generation that was going to drink this vine new. He was talking to them twelve. He says, I won't drink of the fruit of this vine until I drink it new with you, them, not us. It ain't out yonder somewhere that we're going to get one day. He drunk it with them. My God, have mercy. 
And the biggest guzzle he had with him was in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He got everybody in on it. Oh, 120. And from there, it exploded. But he visited the 11 and gave them a sip right after his resurrection. Woo! Now, Judas ain't going to sip because he's had it. But Matthias got it on the day of Pentecost. Woo! Hallelujah. Ain't that chapter somewhere? I'm telling you, that has been fulfilled. And we've been recipients of it for 2,000 years. I ain't turning my back on it. I'm looking, I'm looking at Abraham. He says, Donnie, I was looking to see your day. And I'm looking back at Abraham now and I'm saying, yeah, Abraham, I understand. Woo, because it's glorious. You hear me? But most of the churches like this, yeah, Abraham, we still looking. In the sweet by and by, when we meet on that beautiful shore. Come on, Abraham, help me. Isaac, Jacob, in the sweet. No, I'm looking back here and I'm singing a new song to the Lord because I'm drunk in the new wine of the kingdom of God that came in the blood of Calvary. John chapter 20, verse 15. Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She's supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, thou hast borne him, hence tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren, saying to them, I ascend to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, that she had seen the Lord, and that she had spoken these things, that he had spoken these things unto her. Look at verse 19. The same day at evening. The same day at evening. Now remember, Jesus says, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine until that day that I drink it with you new in my Father's kingdom. Hear that? Then the same day at evening, then the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled by the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said, Under them, peace be unto you. When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. And then the disciples, then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. Now look at verse 22. My God, here it is. And when he had thus said, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye 
the fruit of the vine. Woo! <laughs> the blood in the man that was in the flesh that had to be offered said that I will not drink of the fruit of this vine, and the fruit of that vine is my New Testament in the blood. Until that day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And the man Jesus, the flesh man, the blood that poured out of his veins that day at Calvary, has now become spirit, and he breathes on them. And he breathes on them the intoxication. He breathes on them the anointing. He breathes on them the Spirit. Hear me! He breathes on them the Spirit of the New Testament in His blood. Now, Thomas wasn't there. I said, Thomas wasn't there. I'm telling you some things determined. But Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there. said, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I said, oh, you should have just been there. <laughs> so I said, get the tape. Oh, the tape still ain't quite as good. You just, you just had to be there. one of them times. You just had to, promise you just had to be there. But he wasn't. But you know what? They was ten that day. Judas is dead. In the field of blood. And there's ten disciples. And Jesus stepped in the room and Breathed on them the Holy Ghost. And he says, I won't drink it with you. Until that day, I drink it with you new. Woo! He's come back from the Father. The death of the testers come, and a new covenant now is in... Oh, It's in force! Hallelujah! It's the new covenant! It's the new testament in His blood! But now it's in spirit! Ten of them got it. Everybody don't know about it because it happened when doors were shut and windows were clashed together. Amen. When he walked through a wall into the room. But he kept his word. Are you hearing this? The Bible says in verse 24, But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. That's okay. He's going to get his little... He's going to get his drink. Jesus ain't going to leave him out. Woo! He ain't gonna leave me out. He ain't gonna leave you out. He don't wanna leave this crowd out that's looking away from him. Uh, he, he got a whole picture full. They just turn around. He just get their mouth open. Kind of like a cat hunting, hunting his mama. You ever, you ever seen dogs and cats? You know they looking for the. You know they just they got the eyes closed and they just they're crawling around. You know they just instinct. Somebody say instinct. They just. Oh, hallelujah, my Lord, glory. Can't you see God's people? Man, look here. The church, hear me. The church of the living God was never intended to be the run out the litter. Did you hear that? I said the New Testament church of the living God was never intended to be the run out the litter. The salted church of the living God is the fattest, the strongest, the glorious, the most best thing there ever was on this planet. It's because we found, like John the disciple, we found the breast of the Almighty God. It was determined for me to find him. How about you? It was determined for you to find him. 
Thomas wasn't there. Well, what happens? Verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. And he said unto them, Except I shall see his hands in the print of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into the side. I, I just ain't going to believe it. All right. That's okay. You're pretty stout there on how you believe, Thomas. After eight days, again. After eight days, again. I mean, we've had a, an again and again move of God. We we in a move of God now. We're going to, and, and, and there's another one coming. And it's a shame for folk just keep missing because they just keep coming and just just right to their back because they 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 just run they just running away from this thing. God, I'm running to it. Y'all seen the more commercials on TV before? You know where they had to show these people, you know, running, you know, like, dun, 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 dun. you know, like, <laughs> I'm just running in the arms of God. Hallelujah, you know. Hallelujah. Woo! Strength, peace, security, life, health, prosperity, glory to God. Hallelujah. After eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, said, Peace be unto y'all. Same thing he said before. Then said he to Thomas, Thomas, Tom, come here. Come here, Tom. God ever touch your heart personally? Come here. Just come here. He knew I needed it. I'll tell you how I got saved real quick. On will take just a second. Send me to God Church, 6 o'clock in the evening. CA rally. Christ Ambassadors. I told my wife she got saved a month or two ahead of me. I done told her, I said, if you, you go back to church, don't come home. If you're going to serve God, then serve Him. Don't, don't come back over here and serve me. It's, my home's my home. You don't live here no more. She went anyway. I, I left home to go get her and tore up my car. <laughs> Drove it inside of a ditch. I had no more done it in five minutes. She come riding up. I felt like a fool a hundred times. Anyway, after that, I said, okay, I'll go. Christ ambassadors, about 32 young people on fire for God in folding. And a Christ ambassador's youth, uh, uh, Sunday evening service from 6 to 7. We get there about 10 after, and they rolling. Flames and smoke coming out the door of worship and praise. We get out the car, and she's ahead of me because I'm going slow. Got a screen door and a solid wood door. My wife goes to the door and she opens it for me. There's neither male nor female in the spirit. She was the gentleman that day. She opens the door. And I step in, she steps in, she gets back ahead of me, and there's two chairs in the building. One in the, all the way in the back in the middle. And before I can find it, she's gone to it. And there was one chair left in the building. It was sitting just like this in front of everybody. My wife's been gone and left me all the way in the back. And here I am standing there, all this high praise and worship going on. I ain't lying. I sat down in that chair. 
And I'm watching these 32 young people. Water flowing down their face like a spigot. Speaking in tongues and loving God. And I don't sit there over probably three minutes. Ain't nobody bothered me. But I sat there and it wasn't long until this old mean man, water broke out. Commenced to run down my cheeks. And there was about 32 hands hit me. <laughs> Woo! They never touched me until they seen Jesus touch me. Woo! They were like a dog fight. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I've been on fire ever since. Woo! Hallelujah. I've been looking to him ever since. I said, I've been, oh, I got it right. Hallelujah. I've been looking to him ever since. I ain't turning my back running to him. Oh, no, man, I've been running to him. Hallelujah. Hey, he's more than enough. He's more than enough. Thomas, come here. Thomas. Sure. I don't know how Thomas felt. He got what I got, and I got what he got. God didn't leave me out. It was just a few months later. I went up to my pastor's house one day, knocked on those doors. I said, Brother Dunn, can I talk to you? He said, oh, sure, Brother Dunn, come on in. He said, well, what's the matter? I said, oh, I feel a call on my life. I can't sleep. I can't work. God wants me to do something, and I know what it is. Oh, he threw his arms around me and hugged me and prayed with me. I've been doing this stuff ever since. <laughs> I never run away. Woo! Abraham, I understand. What you were looking for that hit me right in the face. How about y'all? Well, reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. Don't you be faithless. You be believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my Lord, and my God. My Lord and my God. You know what he just got? You know what he just got? He just got a drink. He just got a drink. And if that ain't good enough, and I ain't going to turn over to it, but when you get to Acts chapter 2. You know, Peter stops the whole parade in Acts chapter 1. He says, you know, Judas is dead. And we need to cast lots, amen, to see who's going to take... Judas's place, lest the bishopric of the Lord here be left. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he got his on the day of Pentecost. That day has been fulfilled. It was fulfilled with them. I could give you all them hints. They're real good, but I ain't got time to do that tonight. We've had more than a hint, haven't we? And I said, my God, why, why a hint when we got, my Lord? I'm a... I, I guess I need to quit here. Well, I, I can give them real quick. Well, I say quick. Uh, turn back over here to Matthew 26. They're real simple. See, I, I do this at home, and I, we, 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 teach, we teach for two hours every Wednesday night. We come in there, we don't even have a song. Everybody said, let's do some teaching. We have our singing on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and worship, and things like this. And, but for the last eight weeks, we've been... We, We've been meeting and, and, and for two hours a night. 
And I've been teaching them on reading Bible talk or learning the hints of Scriptures. It's really been paying off. And I've given this Bible lesson just some weeks back. In, in Matthew 26, verse 20 through 29, okay? Let me show you. I'll show you these hints real quick. Now, I'm going to run through them now, okay? You just get them. But this will conclusively prove to you that Jesus wasn't talking to me and you. He was talking to them. I start in 20. And when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. With who? With who? Hint number one, the twelve. Y'all got that? He sat down with who? The twelve. And you know those twelve was the disciples and the apostles. All right, let's hunt hint two, verse 21. And as they did eat, second hint, as they. They who? The twelve. All right. As they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Third hint, one of you. One of you who? One of the twelve. A man shall betray me. Alright, hint four is in verse 22. And they were exceedingly sorrow. Who was exceedingly sorrow? They. They who? The twelve. Amen. It's the hint. The fourth hint is they. Alright, verse 22 says, And began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Alright, hint five, every one of who? Every one of them. Them who? Them twelve disciples. Hint five. Alright, they said unto him, Lord, is it I? The sixth hint, is it I? I being who? One, yeah, the twelve. I told you this wouldn't be hard. Hint number 7, verse 23. He answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. Hint number 7, He that dippeth his hand. is hint 7. He that dippeth his hand. Us? No, them. I wasn't even born then. My hand ain't long enough to go over yonder. All right, the, the, the eighth hint is in the dish. What dish? The dish that was on that table. Are y'all getting this? Hen eight is the dish. It ain't none of the dishes my wife's got in her cabinet. It was that dish right there with them twelve. He wasn't talking to me and you. He was talking to them. God, I can't help but read the Bible. Let's go on. I ain't trying to trick nothing. Verse 25, the ninth hint. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. All right, the ninth hint in verse 25 is Judas. My name ain't Judas. And even if it was, it wouldn't matter. He was talking to that Judas. And the tenth hint, he said unto him. Him who? Judas. Well, who was Judas? He was one of the twelve that was there then. Then he says, And the eleventh hint, Thou hast said. Is that what he said? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. Who has said? Judas. When he asked the question. Verse 26, the twelfth hint. And as they were eating, 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right? I'm in verse 26. Yeah. And as they were eating... All right? I missed one. Thank you. And as they... They who? The twelve. Hallelujah. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the who? Yeah, okay. I, that's actually 13 hits instead of 12 now. I missed that one day. Thank you, my brother. Amen. So what do we have now? It is they, and he broke it and gave it to his who? What disciples? The twelve. All right. Hint 14, verse 27. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them. Hallelujah. All right. He gave it to who? Them. Them who? Not you and I to them. My goodness. Verse 27. Here's what he says. Drink ye. Drink. Drink who? Ye. Ye who? Them twelve. Not you and me. Them. Well, help me. Y'all got it? I mean, you know, this ain't. This is, hey, this is reading Bible talk. This is learning the hints of the Scriptures. This is taking context of Scriptures and getting the accurate meaning out of it. Huh? Somebody says, well, how did you do that? You backed up far enough and get the context of what he's talking about and who he's talking to. He was talking to them twelve. Y'all still with me? Drink ye all of it. Uh, we're in hint 16 now. Verse 29, but I say unto you, I say unto who? It's unto you. It's unto the twelve. I say unto you. Okay. I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine, hear it, until that day when I drink it, new with who? You who? Where did we get there? Somebody say glory. Until that day, I drink it new with... Talking about us. He was talking about them twelve. Now, was he or was he not, according to the Scriptures? Now, the theologians want to take that one Scripture and say, Oh, that day's coming. Bless God. Hallelujah. And we're going to drink it new. No, that ain't nothing what he meant. He was talking to them twelve. And one of them had his hand in the dish that was going to kiss him on the cheek and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. And that's the hint. Until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's all I got. In this, I've got plenty more, but I'm going to have to quit. I'll tell you, if we had time, we'd teach them how Jesus was bound for this. Because Jacob put the prophecy on Judah. Jacob, in the 49th chapter of Genesis, put the prophecy on Judah and says, Binding his foal to the vine and his ass's coat to the choice vine. And he'll wash his clothes in the blood of grapes. There's your new wine. His eyes shall be made red with the blood of the grapes. Binding his foal. Jesus, it was determined. He was bound to it, folks. He was bound to it. He even picked out a traitor to bind him. You're not hearing me tonight. And there's a lot of other bindings. I don't have time to go into them tonight. Jesus was tied to do it. 
of Ezekiel described the burnished brass. And that burnished brass came from copper and zinc. And the copper represented the divine nature of God, and the zinc represented the humanity. And Jesus Christ not only was the Son of God, but He became the Son of Man. He was described in detail. What a New Testament. What better promises. What a covenant. The Bible says, You have come unto Mount Zion. And one of the descriptions he gives down there in verse 22, unto Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. That's where we've come to. And we came to it, not at yonder, out yonder somewhere. We came to it. He gave it to us 2,000 years ago almost. And for some reason or another, the church is just about plum forgot about it. And it's a shame and disgrace. That God's people's lost their joy and integrity and their holiness and their fear of God. Is Christ in me the hope of glory? Live every day in Jesus to your fullest. And don't you be ashamed of the testimony of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to every one of us who believe. To usward who believe. I love you so much in the Lord. I, I don't even have to know you to love you. And I have not struck a mark to nobody. I, I love you in God, and may God be your peace. And may the Lord strengthen your life. God bless you so much. Thank you for your patience and your time and your love tonight. God love every one of you. Bless you. Praise the Lord. Thank you for those that's not even here that could be here, that should be here, Lord, that we pray for Jack tonight, Brother Harris, Lord. We lift up our brother and ask you to deliver Jack and heal our brother. Father, we ask a miraculous move of God to touch our brother. Uh, his body, Lord, we ask that you'd raise him up, Lord, and deliver him, we pray, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just bless uh, Brother Robert. We thank you for Robert tonight, Lord, and his, uh, his ministry, and Brother and Sister Coffee, Brother Bill, and Brother Donnie, and, and others that may be a doc, and others that may be here, Father. We just bless them tonight. We bless this campground, Father. We ask the Holy Spirit to move on the left and on the right. We ask your blessing upon each one in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, where's Glenn? Glenn. You're dismissed. God bless you. This is the end of this message. Our website is www.lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and lhbconline.com. There are hundreds of free audio files there. It's like going to Bible school at home. Thank you.